This is Tron Madden, and you're listening to the Browns Huddle Podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Coming to you from the Browns Huddle Podcast Studio. A show for the fans, by the fans. By the fans. Talking all things Cleveland Browns, from our mic to your ears. With your hosts, Jason Hand and Mikey P. Let's go! Go! Welcome to a victory episode of the Brown Subtle Podcast. We are part of the Zedia Network, which is media spelled with a Z. For more information on the Zedia Network, you can find them on Twitter at Zedia Network. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, have a story to tell, and would like to share it, hit us up on Twitter. Our DMs are wide open. You can find us there at Brown Subtle Pod. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review, and please share the show. Sharing the show helps more than you will ever know. I am your host, Jason Hand, and joining me, as always, the one and only Mikey P. Mikey, how are we doing tonight, buddy? I am doing amazing tonight, Jason. Thanks again. Uh, it's so much better uh, hosting a show a week you know, after a victory versus a week after a loss, so I'm excited about you know, what we have on, on the agenda tonight, got a lot to get into, and uh, I am just flat out excited for it, man. Tell you that. I am too, man. That, that was a that was a great win that we're going to talk about in this episode, of course, but you're right. Having a victory episode, sure the hell beats a, a losing week, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, Mikey P, I got to share this, man. Uh, we just went on a family walk. You know, just to get the blood flowing, kind of find out how each other's day went, you know, with the wife and the kids. And I asked my daughter, I said, um, you know, Jules, what are you, are you dressing up for Halloween? Because they're a little older now. They're right at that age where they may or may not dress up. She goes, oh, yeah, Dad, I'm going to dress up. She goes, well, what are you going to dress up as, Dad? And I said, hmm, because I hadn't thought about it. I said, well, maybe I'll dress up as Kevin Stefanski, you know, our, our Cleveland Browns beloved coach and my wife without a pause says "Ooh, and i'll be miss stefanski <laughs> <laughs> she said that a little too fast <laughs> very fast and and she goes but he's married has kids and you know i said well honey you're married and has kids and she's like well you got a point there <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> those are facts <laughs> those are facts my friend um so yeah the wife is digging on kevin stefanski so maybe i ought to go ahead and throw on that costume for halloween i don't know man it's it's, it's the apple hasn't fallen too far from the tree over here either man uh, my my wife has a slight crush on kevin stefanski in fact every time he's on screen she's like "Ooh, who's that and i'm like <laughs> that's the new browns head coach and she's like well i'm used to you guys hiring these old frumpy dudes she's like i'm not used to this <laughs> yeah so, so i think it's not just uh your wife or my wife that's uh, crushing on the fans i think he's a handsome guy so well i just think he's a great coach i do too that's right i do too um well mikey we have a great show uh for tonight why don't you give us the rundown the playbook of today's show 
Yeah, we got a lot to get into. We're going to talk about beer bongs and fist fights. That's going to get interesting. <laughs> We're going to have the Browns versus Texans recap. We're going to talk about that big W. Uh, then we're going to have our special guest on tonight. Uh, Casey Kinneman is going to be joining us. Great to have him on. We're going to dive into our over and under just right from last week and make some predictions for this week. Uh, then we'll talk about Browns and Bears preview, which is week three, big game on the agenda coming up. And then we'll get into the Browns huddle podcast mailbag. And then uh, we'll land this plane after that. But we got a lot to cover and uh, it's an exciting agenda and can't wait to get into it tonight. I can't either. Um, hoodie giveaway. We didn't have any winners. Week in a row. No winners, Not, man. No winners, man. Close. Very Lots close. Of close predictions. Lots of. I was. I was looking at them. Even, even myself, I was close too. But there was a bunch of people that were like super close. Thirty-one twenty-three. I think we had one of them. It's like two points away. We had a thirty-one twenty-four. Tons of close uh, scores. But uh, you know, I think we're bound and determined to give away. Uh, one of these hoodies to a lucky listener. So, you know, of course, check out our Twitter page for this week's giveaway. We're going to get into that again. So we're going to get we're going to give away one of these hoodies. And I, I think this week's the week. Bears Browns. I'm calling. Well, let's go. I, w- I want to give that hoodie away. Don't you, Mikey P? I do, too. Like it's a, it's it's starting to get a little chilly at night. It's starting to get hoodie season almost. Perfect time for a hoodie. So listeners, check out our Twitter page Sunday morning for the Browns Huddle Podcast hoodie giveaway. We're even going to throw away two Browns Huddle Podcast koozies. So you'll 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 stay warm and your beers will stay nice and cold. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Well, let, let's get into this. So it's Sunday morning, Mikey P. I, I'm on Twitter. I, I'm in a great mood. Browns are kicking off in a couple hours and and I'm looking through all the tailgate photos, the videos, cleveland.com is doing a a live Facebook, I think is what it was. Um, Mm -hmm. But everybody just looked like they're having such a good time. Um, I I saw Brown spider. He was riding his bike around. Slim dog was there. I mean, everybody's there, but you and I. But, yeah, we, you know, we, we were here locally, unfortunately. I would have loved to have been there. It looked like the Muni lot was popping. In fact, one of the uh, videos, or they showed like a fo- an aerial photo of it. It almost reminded me of that scene in The Walking Dead where the guy stands up on top of the RV and he's looking yes. out. There's all these just cars for miles. <laughs> it was just like that, man. Like the cars were parked. Nobody's moving. But everybody's there just having a good time. And unfortunately, it looks like some people were having too good of a time. Too good of it to see you saw the brawl like I saw. I did. I don't know if I'd call that a brawl, but uh, it was definitely a, a, a skirmish. <laughs> skirmish. But uh, you know, like they always say, you know, when when people are involved like that, you know, they always that 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 telltale line. Uh, what is it? Alcohol may have been a factor. Alcohol may have been a factor. You you know the 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 Muni lot opened very early in the morning. And I see people, you know, with their flat top uh, grills going, you know, the eggs, the bacon, um, sausages, you know, hot dogs, mimosas. I saw a Bloody Mary bar. I mean, people were having a good time. But the problem with that, you mix people and booze and eventually, you know, most people can handle it. But eventually, man, someone's going to start swinging. And that's what happened. And it was all caught on 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 video. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it was two two guys that were not very good. Uh, as someone who uh, has watched a lot of boxing and MMA, uh, these guys were definitely not close to professionals fighters at all. And uh, they just started swinging hands. And the next thing you know, it was like 10, 15 people were involved. Like they came out of nowhere and they were all involved. And um, you, you hate to see that, but you know, that, that does happen sometimes in tailgating, but I, I can, I can honestly say in all my years, I'm 42 years old. I've been to football games on the road. I've been to them at home. I've been everywhere. I have never once come close to getting in a skirmish or a fight over that. So I don't know if it's just me um, or it's just those guys, you know, all it takes is a little bit of alcohol and a little bit of uh, button pushing. And the next thing you know, they want to brawl. So you hate to see that, but, uh, you know, it happens sometimes. Towards the end of the video, Mikey P, that th there was a couple that had their tailgate all set up. It was a picnic yeah. table and they just demolished it. And, you know, they, they, to their credit, they didn't think nothing of it, man. After it was over, they just picked up their table and started setting back up again business as usual man yeah it was like everybody just kind of dispersed after that and they were like oh we've had our fun we've had our skirmish let's uh let's get back to uh the, the real reason we're here for the season and it's tailgating some people just overindulge man you know um and they can't control themselves it. and you know it's an it's unfortunate because you know the the true uh, spirit of tailgating is to get together with like-minded people. Everybody's Browns fans or whatever team you're supporting. And you're, you know, you're married, you, you have drinks and, you know, you're talking uh, to people and just having a good time. And some people just can't handle it. But, you know, I also saw Mikey P some people doing some beer bogs, you know, I don't know about you, but it's been several years since I've done one. And I got a question for you. How early is too early to do a beer bog? Uh, I mean, at this point, uh, it's uh, always too early for me to do a beer bong at, at my age. Uh, right. I haven't done a beer bong since I was probably in college. Um, but now at this point, you know, uh, I'm, I'm past that beer bong stage of my life. Like it, I want a good beer, like not a Bud Light, you know, not anything like that. Give me a give me a good beer, like a Leinen Kugels or uh, some Great Lakes beer and something I can I can definitely enjoy for a couple hours. Instead of uh, instead of beer bonging it down. Oh man! Well, one one guy had a, a beer bong. He had it was like a, uh, it, it held eight beers, and you know eight people would gather around this contraption. This guy probably made in his garage, but it was awesome, man. <laughs> they they were seeing who can drink it the fastest, but uh, yeah, good good times at in, at Cleveland Stadium, and uh, you know it was a beautiful day. The sun was out. I think it was right around eighty degrees. And most people, I would say 99% of the people were having a great time. It was just that 1% that just couldn't hold their liquor. So, Yeah, yeah, me, I go to tailgate. I, I just want to show off my grilling skills and see other people's grilling skills. I'm there, I'm there to grub. I'm not a little guy, so I like, I like to get down on some, on some barbecue. What's your favorite, what's your favorite barbecue? Uh, I like to do uh, a pork butt. Like mm -hmm. slow roast, slow roasted pork butt. I've actually found that a lot of people do it in the smoker. I I love doing it in my oven, man. It takes you know takes all night basically and most of the day, and then just just pull that sucker apart, man. It just makes makes the best barbecue. Oh man, now starting to water, Mikey P. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into this game. The Browns and in, in, improve their record to one and one. They beat the Houston Texans. 
31 to 21 at First Energy Stadium. You know, it was a close game. Mikey P in the first half, I believe it was 14, 14 going into the half. Second half, everybody had a surprise. Uh, Terod Taylor didn't come back. I guess he, you know, he pulled his hamstring in the, in the first half. So, you know, the Browns smelt blood in the water and they, they took advantage of that and ended up winning the ball game by 10 points. What were your initial thoughts on this game between the Browns and Houston Texans? Um, some of my initial thoughts, I thought the Browns at time were clearly the better and the superior team, but we didn't always play like that. I thought I felt like we played down to our competition, uh, where against Kansas City, they were amped the whole game. There's a lot more emotion. I didn't see that as much this week. You know, later in the second half, you saw it a lot with that big play by Demetric Felton, that electric play. And, you know, Chubb had that big run and, and Baker, you know, Baker always seems to be fired up. But I felt like sometimes the defense was a little lackadaisical, was there to make some plays and uh, just didn't seem to have that same fire and energy they were playing with a week before. And that's always tough. Um, you know, I think they went into an expecting, hey, we're the better team. And and like Stefanski says, like you, you we're oh, we're oh and one. They're one and oh, like we got to be ready for them because in the NFL, man. It's a week to week league. Teams will get up and beat you and give you their best. And I felt like Houston you know, was, was playing some of their best, like their defense was actually playing really well um, early in that first half. Um, they got pressure on Baker um, a few times, um, you know, that the play he got, unfortunately he got banged up and injured on uh, where his, his shoulder uh, got hurt. And he was fortunately able to come back in the game. I don't know. I, I text you when, when that game was going, when that happened. And I was like, no, cause I just, all I, all I could see was, you know, the, the shoulder gets separated and the way he was holding it, it never looked good, but, Sounds like it was just a, a, a dislocation and, and popped it back in. So he'll be sore this week. But uh, I felt like um, we just didn't play with the same energy level we played with uh, at Kansas City. I realized how big of a Baker Mayfield fan that I was when he got hurt and, you know, his shoulder was hanging down and you, you, you just knew that something – major was wrong with Baker Mayfield and then and then the camera shows Case Keenum on the sideline throwing warm-ups buddy my the world stopped for me I, I think my face probably turned white as a ghost and it just sucked all the fun out of that football game for me and I realized at that moment how much did I really care about Baker Mayfield being our quarterback oh yeah yeah it's like uh while Case Keenum is a solid backup and has won games in this league and took the Vikings to the playoffs and won a playoff game, like long-term, I, I want Baker out there over Case Keenum, obviously. So when that happened, uh, I was extremely worried. And um, several of the players, even like Kareem Hunt said, you know, he was kind of super worried when he saw it happen. And he goes to the locker room. You never want to see your starting quarterback go to the locker room, especially week two. And, uh, you know, fortunately he, I mean, he was only in there for, what, 10, 15 minutes. And as soon as that happened, I knew it was one of those, like, uh, dislocations and not a separation. Uh, playing sports growing up, I dislocated my shoulder a couple times, and you pop it right back in. Um, the unfortunate part is, you know, a couple days after that, it's extremely sore. You don't want to sleep on it. So I'm pretty sure Baker's uh, probably taking some, some pain meds this week, and uh, he probably will not – you know, take all the reps in practice, but he'll take enough to be ready for this Sunday. He's tough. B Baker Mayfield is a tough guy. I'm, I'm, 
I'm never going to question how tough he is. You know, last year with the bruised ribs, this year, you know, pops his shoulder, didn't even miss a play. You know, he, he went out of the ball game, and before the Browns got the ball back, he's already back throwing pass. I mean, he was ready to go. Baker Mayfield is a tough, tough guy. And uh, the performance on Sunday, I mean, Baker Mayfield, 19 of 21. He only missed two passes. Um, average of 11.2 yards. He threw one TD and one interception. Um, he targeted 10 different receivers. What did you think about Baker Mayfield's overall performance on Sunday? I mean, he was extremely solid. Uh, he didn't make any glaring mistakes. Even the interception he threw really wasn't his mistake. It was Schwartz, uh, shortcut the route, and he didn't make a play to fight for the ball. Um, so really, that's one of those interceptions that goes under the quarterback, but it really falls on the receiver. And even Schwartz took ownership of it after the game in the postgame conference. And, um, you know, he said he'll never do that again. And Stefanski said the same thing. Um, but Baker was extremely solid. I mean, it's two weeks in a row he's played really, really well. I mean, he's leading the league in completion percentage uh, through the first two weeks, and he's over 80% in completion percentage, which is just an insane percentage amount. Like, usually they think like 60, 65% is, is like the benchmark for the NFL. So 80% is just – it's just crazy right now. And the fact that he's spreading up, spreading it out amongst so many receivers, what he had nine targeted receivers week one, and we had 10 mm-hmm. going into this week. I mean, I mean, if you're playing fantasy, you don't want to pick anyone on the Browns receiver wise because the ball is getting spread around so much. Um, but you want to be able to, to be able to do that because then defenses can't key on one particular guy. Um, and it just shows that he's going through his pro- progressions. You know, remember the knock on him the year, uh, we had Kitchens was he's still a one read quarterback. You know, obviously, if you're spreading the ball out to nine different, 10 different guys two weeks in a row, you're, you're not a one read quarterback anymore. You're going through your progressions and you're, you're hitting your third and your fourth targets. Such a good thing to see. Uh, rushing the ball, Nick Chubb, 11 carries for 95 yards and average. Get this, Mikey P, 8.6 yards per carry. Beast mode. One touchdown, his long was 26. What did you think about Nick's, Nick Chubb's performance? Chubb had a bounce-back game. You know, he had that fumble, and he talked about it all week last week. And, uh, I mean, every time he touched the ball, like, he was just solid. And he wouldn't was not going down after initial contact. There's videos, if you watch it, where he's actually jump-cutting to the hole that's not even there yet. So that's that's like next level stuff when guys can do that when they uh, Emmett Smith was always very good at about doing that. They played behind a, a Pro Bowl offensive line most of his career, too. And just knowing where that next block is coming from. And that's just reading your scheme and knowing, you know, you know where the block is coming, knowing your guys that you're running behind. And Chubb is just very dynamic and insane to watch uh, when he does that. Like he just doesn't go down and neither does Hunt like none of these guys go down on initial contact. Like you might stop them, but you know, they're still going to fall for a a yard or two. I I mean, you think about this 11 carries, just 11 carries, 95 yards. It would take most running backs. You tell me 17, 18, 19, 20 carries to get 95 yards. I mean, 8.6 yards per carry. That's ridiculous. That's Jim Brown esque like numbers 8.6 <laughs> yards yards uh for for carry i'd really like to see um i need to look into it and see what his yards after contact was too because there was a bunch of places oh. where he he got additional yards after the initial contact 
So 8.6 yards per carry is just an insane amount. And it's like super efficient. 11 carries, 95 yards and a touch. Like you, you can't get any more efficient. Like you're even at the end of the game, I don't even know that his body hurt. <laughs> All right. Well, if he's Batman, our Robin is Kareem Hunt. He had 13 carries for 51 yards, average of 3.9 per carries. Didn't see the end zone, but he had a long run. His longest run was 13 yards. This one-two punch, Mikey P, with, with Chubb and Hunt, it is really special to see it. I can only imagine what the uh, you know the, uh, the defense, the, the opposite side of the ball, what they must think that, okay, Chubb's going out, oh, but here comes Kareem Hunt. This is special what we're seeing right now in Cleveland uh, running the football. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because you're always seeing the fresh guy. Like, that guy that comes in has got fresh legs. He's ready to roll. And a lot of teams, you know, in your defensive front, you know, you're not rotating out every play. Um, you're playing a lot of defensive snaps. Some some defensive tackles and defensive ends, you know, playing 50, almost 60 snaps a game sometimes, depending on on the game flow. Um, so when you're getting these guys and, and – and you got to see Chubb 11 times at his best. That's that's saying something. Same thing with Kareem Hunt. I mean, Kareem Hunt could have easily had a touchdown, a big play. He had a play earlier in the game where he was clear cut right through the middle and he just got tripped up, but there was nobody beyond it. If that guy doesn't trip him up, make that saving tackle, like Kareem Hunt would have been gone for six. Mm. Um, receiving. There's not a lot of incompletions this week for our receivers. Um, there, there's only two of them, right? Because uh, Baker Mayfield's 19 of 21. But check this out. D- Demetric Felton. Two targets, two catches, 51 yards. <laughs> average of 25.5 yards per completion in that masterful touchdown. I mean, that guy is special. You know, um, that, that touchdown completion that he had, he's juking, he's spinning. I mean, he looked like a video game out there, Mikey P. It was very Eric Metcalf-esque. Like, I was Ooh. like, man, is, and I saw that a lot of him during preseason. I was like, man, this guy makes people miss. And, and he actually runs hard. Like, they said he was a, a fast guy, speed guy. Usually those guys, you know, initial contact, they don't always uh, break those kinds of tackles like that, but. I mean, he broke, what, two or three tackles uh, running that play in. I mean, that guy is is just as dynamic. And to be able to use him in the running game and the passing game also, like he's he's kind of like that. He could be our Swiss Army knife at running back. I mean, you look at him, six-round pick. He makes the team, uh, special teams, right? He may, I mean, he's returning kicks. And, of course, mm-hmm. the Browns know the, knew the plan the whole time. You know, um, but but now he's a part of the offense. And with Jarvis Landry and, and OBJ, we'll talk about in a minute, being out, Jarvis being out for at least three weeks, you got to think that Demetric Felton will be part of this game plan moving forward starting this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're going to see Schwartz uh, get more options. You're going to see DPJ um, get more options. Um you know, obviously, Stefanski and Mayfield love throwing to the tight ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got three really good ones. I mean, you got Njoku's. I mean, he's really impressed me so far this year. Um, and his pass blocking and his run blocking. Um, and then also, he's he's catching everything. And he's a he's a dynamic player. So when he gets the ball in space, you know, he can he can take it take it deep too. Also, 
Hooper's been solid, and uh, Harrison Bryant was another steal in last year's draft, a guy I really liked coming out of Florida Atlantic University. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of talent that they've added over the last couple of years uh, in the draft and through free agency. Um, so Andrew Barry has definitely um, infused this team on the offensive side with talent where, you know, three, four years ago, if we had guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, Jarvis Landry and they went out, you know, we would be like, oh, here comes a loss. We probably got guys like, you know, we'd have guys like Chris Ogobanaya coming in the game and, you know, Terrence West and, you know, some of those guys. And remember when we were arguing about Josh Lynn's deserving a roster spot and this guy's going to be a star and Josh Lynn's never played in the NFL after that. Hmm. You know, OBJ, I have the feeling like he's going to be back this week. You know, from, from everything I'm hearing, I, I went on the Browns website and the, the unofficial depth chart for this week has OBJ listed as the, you know, first string receiver. But let's say that OBJ doesn't play just for a second. Who, who would you say is our would be our true number one receiver or – does it even matter because, you know, Baker spreads the ball around so much. Does it even, does it matter that we may or may not have a true number one receiver with both Jarvis Landry and OBJ out possibly? No, I don't think it matters. And I think the last eight games of last year um, where Baker kind of excelled and, and took his play to the next level, being more familiar with the offense, Stefanski basically threw out the plays he wasn't comfortable with and kept stuff in. Um, Baker seems to have, you know, more input on the game plan week to week. I just feel like Baker is going to get it to the guy who's open and that's what he's learned. And I think that's what he struggled with initially coming out of college was I got a guy like Odell Beckham. I need to force feed him the ball. And you don't always, that doesn't always have to be the case. I mean, he's, he's showing clearly that, that we can, you know, spread the ball around and it doesn't allow the defense to key in on anybody. Yeah. You know, somebody's yeah. going to be open. Somebody's going to be open, and you'd mentioned our our tight ends, you know, with Njoku, Hooper, and uh, Bryant, you know, Harrison Bryant. Those are good weapons that that Baker can use at his disposal, especially if his shoulder is still a little sore and he can't throw those deep balls. He's got his tight ends to be able to bail him out. Absolutely. All right, let's let's move on to the defense. You know, the defense has has got a lot of criticism, especially on Brown's Twitter this past week. Uh, you know, I, I saw a ton of Firewoods, Joe Woods uh, tweets. Um, say what you will. You know, I personally think that it, you know the the Browns defense has to gel. It's going to take a little time. There's a lot of new faces. But there are some yeah. bright spots on this defense. Number one, let's welcome Grant Delpit to the to the Browns' uh, active roster. Man, how, what did you think about his performance on Sunday? Oh, Grant Delpit was amazing. I mean, he had uh, he had one sack, which he technically should have had two sacks, but he didn't get credit for that second one, of course. Um, I mean, Malcolm Smith, uh, the veteran, had a very solid game. He was all over the place. And a guy I talked about last week was actually pretty solid, according to, you know, looking at the pro football focus uh, ratings. Mac Wilson had an overall solid game. There wasn't a glaring, terrible missed tackles from him. Like there's a lot of times he comes in way too high and his pad, his pad placement sometimes is, is, is poor. Um, but even Mac Wilson, I thought, you know, overall had a solid game last week. I mean, the linebackers last week I thought were much, much better than they were 
uh, week one against Kansas City. Big difference is, you know, you're not playing against Travis Kelsey. Uh, you're going against Jordan Aikens for Houston. Um, but I, I thought the overall, the linebacker play was was much, much better last week. And I think a lot of people were worried about that, you know, with Anthony Walker being out for, for three games. I saw a tweet from um, Bo Bishop. That's who it was, Bo Bishop. And he said, what a missile, uh, referring to Grant Delpit. And I quote tweeted him and I said, you mean Del, uh, Delpito? <laughs> <laughs> That's a like good a, one. Like a torpedo, man. Let's send the door, launch the Delpedo. What do you think about that? There you go. That'd be good. I don't know if you remember back in the day when these had those 90s football posters, they would always put like funny nicknames and put them on the player. That that would be his uh his nickname for his NFL poster, the Delpedo. The Delpedo. I like it. But he was flying in there, man. I, it was really good to see Grant Delpit out there. Of course, he missed all last season. Um, so, so a lot of Browns fans were really looking forward to seeing him on the field. And he made his debut, and I gotta say, he didn't disappoint. Not, not to me at least. Yeah, yeah. He, he added another uh, element to the defense, and I think he's only gonna be better. And I feel like he's gonna be that fifth, that fifth defensive back that they're able to kind of move around. They, they want to play him in space. They want to put him in the box. Do they want to line him up outside? Um, they want to bring him on 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 blitz and. That's kind of my criticism of watching Joe Wood's defense is sometimes he relies so much on getting home with four guys. And this league, like offensive lines are, are, are good. And if you're not playing one of these you know, weak offensive lines, Houston's got a very solid, uh, decent offensive line. Sometimes you're not always going to be able to get home in time you know, with four guys. Um, so sometimes you got to bring that fifth guy or, or mix up your coverages so it confuses – uh, the defense. And uh, that, that's always been my kind of knock on Joe Woods. He plays a very vanilla base style defense. I'd like to see him uh, move guys around a little bit more. And that could be too. Also, there's a lot of new faces and new, and new places. So maybe he doesn't want to do that right away and get guys that, you know, you'd have blown assignments potentially that way too sometimes. Um, so I'll be more concerned if come like week four, week five, week six, if this defense uh, isn't better than what they are after week two. I mean, because the offense wasn't what they are now this time last year. No, it, it was. So I'm kind of remember the, the defense. Yeah, the I mean, the first six or seven games, it wasn't until the Bengals game. I think it was week seven last year where Baker Mayfield and the offense really came on. And they never mm -hmm. looked back, and they've even continued it this year. So you're right. I mean, you know, if the defense isn't gelling by week seven or eight, then maybe sound some alarm bells. But right now, let's just be patient. We got the win. We're one and one. We face the Bears this week. I'm thinking we're going to get into the preview in just a minute with uh, Casey Kinneman. We're going to welcome him to the show in just a second. But we'll get into all that. We're, we're probably facing Justin Fields this week with the Bears, and that that's the chance for the, the defense to really pin their ears back and, and make something happen this week. Yeah, another mobile quarterback for the third week in a row, potentially. <laughs> I'd rather face Andy Dalton. <laughs> Would you? You think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Ohio State fan of me wants, wants to see Fields play, but the, but the Browns fan of me is saying, I'd rather see Andy Dalton this week. Yeah. Yeah, we we just haven't been able to. I mean, from Lamar Jackson to Pat Mahomes, like we 
we always forget to set the edge a lot of times when you're playing guys like that and and we lose contain and we break our passion uh, our rushing lanes off sometimes and when you play those guys that have the ability to get outside the pocket and break containment like it's very important to like play your gaps stay in your lane stay in your rushing lanes and uh you know play sound football and a lot of times those you know you kind of take that away from them yeah well we'll see i i, I think it will be justin fields but Maybe not. We'll we'll um, we'll get into that preview in just a minute. But first, Mikey P, who was your player of the game this past Sunday? My player of the game was uh, as much as I want to say Baker. I was I'm going to give it to Nick Chubb. Uh, he was money on that big 26 yard touchdown run that kind of sealed the deal and and won the game. And uh, he had some key rushes, uh, you know, th- third and shorts that put us uh, converted third downs and kept the chains moving. I just thought Nick Chubb had a solid game, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield and also, um, you know, on his 11 carries, you know, reduced carries, but he was very efficient. Uh, I'd give it to Nick Chubb, you know, coming off that fumble last week that, you know, he was kind of holding over his head. I, I thought he really rose to the occasion this week. Nick Chubb was all business as usual, right? That's his, that's his MO. He's all business. My player of the game was in fact, Baker Mayfield, you know, the, the toughness, I I used that word before and I'm going to use it again. He is tough. He is just tough, tough, tough. You, you, you know, he, he can play hurt. He's not a sissy. And not only did he come in and play hurt, but only missed two passes, (laughs) passes, <laughs> you know, 19 yeah, yeah. of 21, um, just a, an excellent game. And as you mentioned, 81% completion percentage so far in the first two games, I, I just really saw Baker Mayfield for who he is. He's a winner. And believe me, that motivates a team when it, when your teammates see you get hurt, like you did, and he was hurt, popped his shoulder out, popped it back in, doesn't miss a play and comes back. That, that just feeds into the energy, the spirit of the football team. So my my player of the game is Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Baker being player of the game either. I mean, he was, he was lights out again for the second straight week. And like you said, tough, tough as nails. Tough as nails. Well, I actually see Casey Kinnaman in the waiting room. So we're going to go ahead and let in Casey Kinnaman uh, right now. He is joining the Browns Huddle podcast coming to us live here he is welcome to the brown subtle podcast how you doing buddy oh doing good how you boys doing excellent excellent um i can't see you though can do you have your video i can see you you can see us yeah that's okay Hit a couple of things here. See if I can pop something up. There There we go. Hey, oh the nick chubb jersey i like it there you go throwback yeah score score throwback yeah well how you doing man welcome back welcome back to the brown subtle podcast doing good doing good stoked to be here you're a fan of the show i'm a fan of you you write for dog pound daily i'd like to give you an opportunity to give yourself a shout out what have you been into with, with dog pound daily where can the listeners find you on twitter let's go ahead and start right there well you can find me at casey underscore kenneman and you can catch anything that i write at dog pound daily we have a ton of great writers over there, always putting out great content. And uh, I'm actually in talks right now to start a podcast myself. So everything's kind of up in the air, looking for a title and see where everything goes. 
Well, I will definitely be a fan and supporter of that. So keep us keep us posted, Casey Kinnaman. Will do. Will yes, do. Sir. Well, uh, Casey, we just uh, we just did the uh, recap for the Browns versus Texans. Um, you know, the Cleveland Browns, of course, came away with the victory. They they won by ten points. What what were your thoughts of that game before we move into the next segment? I just I'm curious. What did you think about the Browns versus Texans football game? <laughs> Well, I feel like we have basically put out a C-minus effort and won by 10 points. That's something we've never been able to say before. Um, I felt like we might have came out a little sluggish, a little flat, especially compared to week one, how we came out really efficiently. And uh, I think we kind of just played it in cruise control until Baker got hurt. And after that, I think Stefanski really – dialed it in and leaned heavily on the running game and the short passing game and was able just to kind of walk away with an easy victory. There, there's two players that we really focused on and that's Grant Delpit and Demetric Felton. What, what did you think about their performance on, on Sunday? Well, Felton, he provided a spark. You could see it. You could hear it in the crowd when he caught the ball, you know, when he pulled that spin move and was able to keep his balance. I mean, that, that is something that we needed. We needed a, a boost like that. I think we got that from a lot of young players, Delpit included. I think these young play, these new players are really boosting the, the veterans in that game. It kind of felt like they were the, the spark on both sides of the ball. It was awesome. And of course, we're playing the Chicago Bears once again in First Energy Stadium this coming Sunday. We're going to preview that game in just a couple minutes. But first, All right. Casey Kinnaman, our next topic, over, under, or just right. I wanted to bring you in on this topic. It's a fun segment that we do here on the Brown Subtle podcast last week. And we're going to post your results next week. But last week, Mikey P and I both tied three out of six. So not bad, you know. It's, yeah, yeah, I don't it's know. Weekend. It's good. That's you par know? for the course. Par for the course. <laughs> so we actually have six, uh, six stats, and and we're gonna each guess over, under, or just right. So I'm gonna give the first stat here. And Casey, since you're our guest, go ahead and and give us the the first answer. Baker Mayfield throws 30 attempts. Over, under, or just right under i'm taking the under on that i think he'll be somewhere in the 22 to 25 range Mm -hmm. that's where i feel he'll end up for this game that's that's a good call all right mikey p you're up over under just right baker mayfield 30 attempts i'm also going to take the under that uh under like casey said uh i say somewhere you know like 25 26 like i think a high mark would be like 28 29 for him this week all right, Mikey P is also with the under, and I'm going to follow suit and also say the under. I think the Browns, ideally, you know, the game plan would be to uh, come up with a good lead and just run Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and 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 Milk Clock. So I also agree with you guys. I'm going to take the under on 30 attempts. All right, the next one, Mikey P, you're up. Nick Chubb scores one TD, and by the way. Ninth game in a row. He just, well, this will be the 10th if he did that, but nine games in a row scoring a touchdown. Mikey P, Nick Chubb, one TD. Where are you at? Over, under, or just right? 
I'm going to say just right. Chubb, Chubb's good for one touchdown a week. So I'm going to, I'm going to say just right for this week. Just right. Okay. I will, uh, I'm going to say over. I think, I think Nick Chubb has a two touchdown game this week, which is, uh, very bold of me to do, especially when we have the, the 1A, 1B, you know, with Kareem Hunt. But I say Nick Chubb gets in the end zone twice, one for a long one and one right on the goal line. I'm going to say I'm going to take the over. What do you, what do you yeah. think, Casey? I got to take the over as well. I have to. I mean, I feel like he'll get one rushing, but I think he's due to break a screen as well. I can see him taking a screen to the house. Okay. See, I didn't take that into consideration of – Possibly a, a passing touchdown. So he's due. Good call. He's due. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay. Yeah. All right. Unfortunately, so. last week Andy Janovich took one of his touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he vultured it. He got <laughs> it. All right, Grant Delpit, or I, I'm coining the phrase Casey Kinnaman, Delpito. Oh, all right. What do you Del think Pito. about instead of torpedo? Delpito, Delpito, you, you, you get where I'm coming at. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I could rock with it. I could rock with it. Okay, so Delpito gets one sack Sunday, over, under, or just right. And I will start this one. I'm going to say under, although I think he'll play a solid game. I mean, for him to get another, I mean, that would be phenomenal. I, I'm rooting for, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to say under on that one. Casey, you're up. I got to go with just right. I feel like he's going to be someone that gets utilized on blitzes. I think Wood's seen what he can do, and I think he's going to think of ways to get him around the box and try to bring him off the blind side again. All right, so Casey with the just right and Mikey P. I'm going to I'm going to go just right. I think I think the Delpito gets another sack this week. <laughs> Um, I think Joe Woods is going to blitz a little bit more, especially if Justin Fields is playing. Uh, when, you, when you got a rookie quarterback out there making their first start, you want to confuse them and 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 bring players that they can't account for. So um, I think Delpit sneaks in there and gets another one this week. Guys, as you're talking, I'm ready to run through a wall, man. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for this game, man. I, I just want to call. I want to call defense one week. Just let me call it one week. See what I, I mean. You keep throwing these stats out. I might throw you in there, buddy. <laughs> I love the blitz. I love the blitz, man. I love to bring pressure and confuse. Like you can't sit back there and make it easy for them to diagnose. Uh, I like to see guys that move pre-snap. Um, and you know, when they get in their their sets, like you know, I, I like to see some more confusion by Joe Woods thrown this way. He really hasn't shown me a lot in the first year and a half. He's been our defensive coordinator. That might be a good call, guys. I mean, Justin Fields, he's going to – his brain's going to be having all sorts of stuff in it. He might not see that blitz coming from uh, Del Pito there. So, it, you, you guys might have got me on that one. <laughs> all right, next one. Casey, you are up on this one, my friend. Brown's defense gets two turnovers. Over, under, or just right? Just right. Just right. I, I think we're due for an interception. And I, 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 I'm just holding up for that Miles Garrett strip sack. I know it's in there. I just, we need to see it. Very good. Two turnovers. Mikey P, where are you at? Over, under, or just right? Two turnovers. I, I'm going to go just right, too. I see, I see um, John Johnson's due to have a, a big turnover this week. And um, I see two interceptions potentially coming. And uh, Greg Newsom has 
has been around the ball a lot the first two weeks. Greg Newsom's due to get a pick here too. So I see John Johnson having a bounce bounce back game this week with a pick and, and Greg Newsom with the other one. You know what I want to see? I, I don't even know the last time we saw this, but I want to see a strip sack fumble by Miles Garrett. When's the last time we saw that? Isn't that a thing of beauty to watch? It's been it a happened while. a lot last year. It did. It did happen a lot last year. So I'm calling for that to happen. I'm going to say the over as well, my friends. Browns get over two turnovers. We all we all okay. agree, right? Everybody's taking the over on that. I, I we did. I was I'm just going, right. I'm going. Oh, you just, just right. right. Okay, I'm going over on that. Number. You're going over. Okay. Just right for Casey and Mikey P and Jason is over on that. Okay. Uh, next one. Mikey P, you're going to start us off here. Brown's defense gets three sacks. I'm going to say just right. They're going to get three exactly this week. Um, I'm tempted to take the over because the Bears have some injuries and have been shuffling around on their offensive line. Um, and you got a, you, you know, you got a young rookie quarterback potentially starting who's going to tend to hold the ball a little bit longer than a veteran. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with just right at three sacks. All right, three sacks. I, I'm going to say under, and, and I usually don't <laughs> like to do that. I, I want to see sacks, but I think they're going to be right around the two number. Uh, so I'm going to say under on that one uh, at two sacks. And Casey, you're up. I'm going over. I'm going over. I think this is the week that Joe Woods has to get aggressive. You're facing a rookie. He's very mobile. You got to get him off his spot. Need to bring pressure, need to keep it constant. And I think there's going to be plays that he makes and there's going to be plays that he misses. I mean, he's a rookie. It's going to be boom or bust. And I think we got to get pressure on him and I want to see him get on the ground. So I'm going to take the over. Okay. So we got over, over and under. Okay. All right. Last one, my friends. And this is a, this is an important one because, you know, some of our listeners like to, place bets, you know, on the over under, or maybe, you know, Brown's beating the, the bears, but this is a over under segment. So, so game points total is at 46 and a half points. Do you think this game's going to go over under and it can't be just right. So what's your over under over or under 46 and a half. I'm going to take the under. I think this is the week our defense really holds them. I think if we're looking at maybe like a, a 34 to 10 type game, something right around there, I'll, yeah, I'll take the under. Under. All right. And Mikey P. Uh, I'm also going to take the under 46 and a half. That's a lot of points. I think the Bears are going to be very conservative. Um, you know, with some of the injuries in the passing game for the Browns, I think they're going to be somewhat a little bit conservative, play close to the best. Bears have a solid defense too, also. I'm going to call uh, final score Browns 27, uh, Bears 13. So I'll go 40 right. points. I'm going to go over on this one. I, I think it's going to be about, you know, 34, 17, somewhere around there. So I'm going to say over. I think the Browns win this game comfortably, but I do think that this game is going to go over. So – that's it. That's our over under just right. We'll we'll announce next week how we did that. That uh, segment is a lot of fun. Thank you guys for joining in on that. Let's get into the Browns Bears.
preview. The Cleveland Browns, of course, take on the Chicago Bears this coming Sunday, 1 o'clock at First Energy Stadium. The Bears look like they might be going with the rookie quarterback and first-time starter, Justin Fields. And most Browns fans know this guy. Casey, what are your initial thoughts on this game as, as we look at the Browns-Bears preview? I mean, Fields, right now at his stage in his career, he's a high-risk, high-reward player. You know, we can force him into mistakes. But in those same moments, he can hit big plays, you know, especially when he gets outside the pocket. He's not going to be playing within structure too often. They're going to try to make the game easy on him. They have a good running back in David Montgomery and a really good tight end in Cole Komet. I don't know if he'll be able to utilize his receivers on the outside. He's going to be staring down Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. I can't imagine the pressure that puts in a rookie's mind. He knows there's an eternal clock, and it's going to be firing. So um, he he's an electric player. Yeah, he has a lot of skill, but I think the game's going to be moving too fast for him right off the right off the gate here. Mikey P, what about you? What are your initial thoughts on this game? Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely think uh, we need to get pressure. Uh, get in his face early and often. Don't let Justin get comfortable. Um, Justin seems to like ease into the game. Watching him in Ohio State, he did the same thing, kind of starts slow and finishes fast. So you want to kind of get him off his spots early, um, confuse him as much as possible. Um, don't make the game easy for him. Don't give him easy reads. Um, get get that pressure going in his face. And and just once you get those young guys uncomfortable and, you, and you, when he's – dropping back and as soon as he hits his his drop like he's thinking i, I need to move with the ball or i got to get it out um he'll start making those mistakes and then that's when you can kind of you can try to turn him over i don't know if you saw the patriots did the same thing to zach wilson you know last week really really made him struggle and uh that's what we have to do this week with justin fields you don't want to let him get comfortable i think that's what we did this week with uh with tyrod we just let him get too comfortable too fast and uh I, I think I think Woods will uh, see that and make adjustments this week. This is, of course, the third straight dual threat quarterback that that we've faced. You know, um, this will be is week three, and and we've this will be the third in a row. What should the Browns' defense primary focus be with with Justin Fields, if that's who in fact we face? Should it be, you know, stopping the the QB sneak because you know he's dynamic there, or should it be defending the pass? I'll let you start, Casey. Well, I think that we should primarily we got to force them into third and longs. We we have to stay keep them behind the chains. They're going to try to run early and downs and create easy situations for them, but we need to take that away. Just like Mikey P said, we let we let Tyrod got way too comfortable. His first read was always there. He was getting the ball out. He wasn't worried about any pass rush. With Fields, we need to make him uneasy. So if we're able to to do that and force them into third and longs, that's when mistakes will happen. So I think that's where our primary focus needs to be is stop the run early downs and put them in third and long. Mikey P? I, I definitely agree. Like, uh, you, you got to get him uncomfortable. Um, you know, third and long is going to be huge. I mean, last week, Tyrod Taylor had, you know, too many third and shorts. Uh, just makes it easy for them. They can either run the ball out of those sets or, you know, run play action. And um, I think the Bears are going to try to do a lot of play action with them and get Montgomery involved in the game. Um, so, like I said, if we can get them off his of spots and 
you know, make him uncomfortable back there and, and not know, you know, what he wants to do. And because the game just moves so fast and if we can get him thinking, thinking really fast, like the, the mistakes are going to happen. So we just got to make sure, you know, we stay on that and don't, don't make it easy for him. Like I like to see him, you know, bring up four guys, you know, put them on the line and then then rotate them, like switch them. Clive Clowney and, and Garrett switch sides a couple of times, you know, bring in JOK and move him around, use him kind of as a chess piece, move Delpit around, like never let them know that you're never going to know where they're coming from. You guys bring up a good point. You know, Terod Taylor, he's seen defenses out there. He's faced many defenses. He, he's comfortable. You, you're not going to trick him as much, but you, we got to take advantage of taking uh, going against a rookie quarterback. He hasn't seen all the defenses. He hasn't seen all the disguises that we can throw at him. So, you know, I, I look for the Browns defense to really pin their ears back and, and do some work against this quarterback. I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think so. All right. Well, uh, Casey, we got a couple of questions for you. Uh, Mikey P, I know you have the first one. Um, you know, it's all about this game coming up. But uh, Mikey P, ask your first question. Uh, well, my question would be, Joe Woods, to me, just doesn't seem to change up his looks enough defensively. Do you think it's a product of the new faces on that side of the ball? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. They didn't get any reps together in training camp or the preseason. And the offense, it made sense not to play them a lot in the preseason. They, were, they, they all knew each other. They know how the rhythm of everything and that offense. But the defense is basically brand new. They needed time to meld together and get cohesion. They really didn't get that. So we feel like we're kind of working that out in these first few games. And as a result, I think the defense has been very vanilla. Woods hasn't been aggressive in his play calls. And it could be, I mean, it's a lot of new faces. And I think before he starts getting aggressive, he wants people to understand exactly what their roles are in each scheme. And as we go along, we need to see that. We need to see the development. We need to see JOK get in there, move him around. We saw it a little bit with Delpit, bringing him off the edge. But we need to see that overall. Like, I I really don't understand what they were doing. We, we played off the ball a lot in this last game. Our, our cornerbacks weren't allowed to be aggressive. You know, I was watching Denzel line up eight yards off the ball, and they were getting easy slants on him. I want to see him up in that receiver's grill. And this week he'll probably draw Alvin Robinson. He'll get a good opportunity. Um, so I, I do think that, that it's been vanilla up to this point, and I think over the next four weeks we should see the growth in the defense as far as just being aggressive and dictating what we do instead of just playing passive. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's definitely what I'm I'm hoping and looking for in the coming weeks. And he'll have a he'll have a test, right? I mean, Allen Robinson, <laughs> he's no slouch. Yeah, Allen Robinson's a vet. He's no. a key vet. A good route runner. Doesn't have elite top level speed anymore, but he's he's a lot like a Keenan Allen. Like he, yeah. he knows where he needs to be, and he'll run the right route, and and he'll he'll beat you uh, technically versus you know with his speed. Speaking of receivers, Casey, if, if OBJ isn't 100%, you know, especially with the Jarvis news going on IR for three weeks, do you, do you think the Browns should play him or or, or rest him? What, what do you – I mean, do you think he should play if he's not 100%? No. If he's not 100%, I don't want him out there. Yeah. I, I feel comfortable with what we have. 
is if you look at DPJ, Schwartz, Higgins, and especially Felton, especially in Felton in the Jarvis role, playing a lot of slot. I think that'll be a in the next three weeks, I think he should get he deserves a lot of touches there to see what he can do and how he can develop. I mean, he showed the same play that Jarvis ran when he got hurt was the same play that Felton scored the touchdown on just reverse sides of the field. So mm-hmm. Baker said this press conference, he want they want Felton to study all of Jarvis's packages. Well, this will be his opportunity to see what he can do in the slot. You know, I, I agree with you. I, I think that if he's not 100%, I don't think they would play him. But it sounds like that he might be playing this Sunday from, from everything I'm hearing and reading. Um, yeah. So that that's good timing there. I mean, it's it's bad that we lost Jarvis for at least three weeks, but it's good that we're getting OBJ back in this offense. Uh, he's a dynamic player. You know, can he return to the days of old OBJ? We'll see. But he definitely adds a dynamic to this offense and is going to free up these other young receivers because he's going to be drawing attention on his side of the field. Yep. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I think that if they do implement him back in, I don't think they give him a full workload, though. I think they would try to still, even, even if he's 100, I think you ease him in. So mm-hmm. it still gives plenty of opportunity for the other young receivers. There's a lot of decoy opportunities out there for him this week too coming in. Oh yeah, no doubt. Because they're gonna, you're gonna have to account for you. You have to account for a guy like OBJ when he's on the field. You can't just say, "Oh, I don't think he's a hundred percent," so I'm not gonna roll any coverage over there. And, and you're definitely not gonna. He'll you burn know, you single, single man coverage on him because he'll burn you. So something I've watched the first couple of weeks, you know, uh, Jamie Gillen. Uh, had the drop punt, of course, week one. He only punted one other time in that game. And then last week, uh, his punting, you know, left a little bit to, to, be, to be desired. Um, do you think it's time for us to bring in some uh, punters? Like we've brought in kickers here recently to work out and possibly challenge Gillen, put him on notice? I'm kind of amazed that that didn't happen during camp. You know, like... I was too. <laughs> I mean, I like Gillen. I, I like what he does. I like his athleticism. And he's shown that uh, he's getting better directional punting, but it's camp. You should always have an extra camp leg, someone to push the other guy. I mean, that's, that's how you get better at anything is having someone there to push you. So, yeah, I thought they should have already done that. Um, I don't know exactly who's on the scrap heap right now that you're going to go out and get, but there's got to be someone you could bring in to at least get a look. Yeah, there's like seven Colquitt brothers out there, I think, still. So <laughs> one of them is bound to be a freak. <laughs> yeah, can't go wrong with the Colquitt. Well, very good. Let's move on to the ne- next topic, the Brown Settle uh, podcast mailbag questions. We have a couple of them, uh, Casey Kinneman. And we're going to ask you, at Matt McComb 17 asks, what is the biggest problem with the defense? Is it Joe Wood's scheme or just growing pains from all the new players? I'm going to say it's growing pains from all the new players now, but if we're still having these conversations in four, six weeks from now, then it's got to be scheme. You know, we got to let it play out Uh, because from, if you remember last year when we got Harrison, it took him like four or five weeks to actually get up to speed enough to be on the field. And he's, is the scheme too complicated? You know, how, why is it taking so long to implement? So Right now, I'm going to say growing pains, but I reserve judgment to change my mind if we're still having these questions a month from now. 
Yeah, we were saying a little bit before you came on that I, th- I think it's okay that the defense hasn't gelled completely, especially the points you guys have made that we, we have a lot of new faces on that side of the ball. So we, we had discussed, uh, Mike P and I, you know, if, if we s- don't see them gelling like they should be around seven, week seven or eight, then maybe sound the alarm bells. But right now, let, let's just enjoy what's going on and, and see the improvement each week. Yeah, uh, let it play out. Let it play out. Definitely, yeah, let it play out because, I mean, worst case scenario, they, they, they looked about the same that they look now. I mean, you're not going to replace your defensive quarter usually – you know, in season, that's something you do at the, at the end of the season. Um, Cause then you just kind of exacerbate your problems. Um, but I think I, I, I've seen Joe Woods call defenses before. I know he has the ability and I think it's just him getting comfortable with the guys and the guys getting comfortable with him. But um, I think by, you know, week six and the eight, just like the offense said last year, you're going to see marked improvement from this defense. Of course. I mean, looking at the defense so far, I mean, for as vanilla as they've really played, their pro football focus has them ranked as the 11th ranked defense in the yes. National Football League. So, yeah. Um, and that's playing Kansas City and you played Houston. Houston wasn't elite on offense like Kansas City was, but that Kansas City offense was it's going to be the probably the best offense you face all season. Yeah. And it came down to the end. I and mean, we, we had the ball in our hand. It, you know, the the it was up to us and we just – you know, we didn't make it happen, but you know, you can't ask for more than that. Correct. So, all right. Next question at guess it goes nuts. Is that right? Guess it goes nuts. Ask if you OBJ, if OBJ doesn't play this week, how confident are you that Higgins DPJ and Schwartz are your wide wow. receiver? How does that give you confidence or where are you at with that? Yeah, it gives me confidence just because I know how Stefanski calls offense and you still have three tight ends to lean on as well. And then two of the best running backs in the league, that's more than enough to get the job done, you know, against 90% of the league right there. What about Felton? Does he get more work? This is the second part of his question. Does Felton get more work because, you yeah, know, I think Landry's absolutely. out? Mm-hmm. I think he's a perfect fit for that slot role that Landry is going to be vacating for three weeks. So I think you got to kick the tires on the young kid. You don't want to overload him because he's still returning and doing other things. But I mean, he, every time he touched the ball last week, it was electric. You know, you could, you could definitely see it. So if you're getting him just an extra two to three touches, who knows what that could do for your offense? Yeah. I mean, this past week, he had two targets caught both of them. Um, you know, and a touchdown, which was dynamic. It was he really made people fun to watch. miss every time. Whew. He makes people miss. Wow. I tell you who he reminds me a lot of, and I would love to see him be able to use him like this, is Percy Harvin. When Percy Harvin uh, was in the league, he, he reminds me so much of him. Just the way he runs, and he doesn't run from contact even. Um, so if, he's, if he can be three-quarters of the player Percy Harvin was, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, and the same guy asked a different question. He said he's mostly joking here, but what is the likelihood Andrew Barry looks to make a move on a risky but healthy player, Josh Gordon? If you asked me this question eight years ago, I'd have a different answer. Uh, you'd, you'd have been hard-pressed to find a bigger Josh Gordon supporter than me. Uh, 
he doesn't fit the guardrails, I'll tell you that. 29 years old, and when he played in Seattle, he didn't look fast anymore. And he's big, and he can still make plays, but I don't think he would have a, a spot on this offense. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a negatory and a no for me on Josh Gordon. Um, I, I don't think I think the NFL has moved past him at this point. I don't think he's ever going to be the guy that we saw, you know, that year with Brandon Whedon and Jason Campbell. It's kind of ironic that his his career year was took place with a guy named Brandon Whedon as his quarterback. So yeah. But, yeah, for Josh Gordon, it would be a no for me. I don't see this front office. Uh, they're not big on bringing in these risky guys, uh, you know, unless they've been properly vetted. And I mean, even last year when he was he was back with Seattle, and then he just kind of left. And then he kind of did the same thing in the Arena Football League that he was playing with, that uh, call-your-own-play league where you can – the fans get to vote on who calls the plays. And uh, he didn't do anything in there. He didn't show anything out there. I mean – I think he's done at this point, but a team that's desperate, I think, would make a move for him. I think Belichick yeah. would, would pull would make that move again. If he had Tom Brady as his quarterback, maybe if Tom Brady like vouched for him and wanted him, I mean, he talked him into bringing Antonio Brown there. But you know, he's got Mac Jones there. He's he's not trying to bring anybody in there. It's going to be a distraction for Mac Jones. That's yeah. why Cam Newton's not the backup there anymore. He'll find he'll find a spot somewhere though, right? Somebody will pick him up. Just not us. Yeah. I, mean, I think so. Yeah, somebody's gonna sign him. I mean, Detroit might. I mean, well, I don't know. I thought Detroit might sign him just because they're so wide receiver desperate. But Dan Campbell's kind of a no nonsense guy too, so I don't I don't see that happening there either. Well, this was fun, guys. This was a lot of fun. Casey, it was awesome having you on. We're we're up against it though, so we got to end it. Um, let me ask you this final question. Where are you watching the game at this Sunday? I'll be at the Brown Backers Bar in Greenville, South Carolina, the Coliseum. That's where I'll be sitting watching the game. So I'm excited. Uh, it's always a good time there. Okay. Oh, so you're, you're uh, uh, Mikey P. He's, he's a treasurer of – let's give, let's give your uh, Browns Backer Bars uh, both shout, shout outs. Uh, Mikey P., give yours a shout out. Yeah, I'm I'm actually the treasurer for the local chapter 42 here in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where the Tidewater Browns backers. Uh, we meet every Sunday or Thursday or Monday night, whenever the game is. At, uh, our bar is called Sneaky Pete's. So if you're local and you listen to the show, come on out. We'd love to have you. Awesome. Yeah, if you're ever in the Virginia Beach area, come check out the Tidewater Browns backers and uh, Mikey P. will definitely make sure you feel at home. And Absolutely. Casey – Tell yours one more time. It's in South Carolina. What's the name of your chapter? It's uh, Greenville, South Carolina Browns backers. And the bar is the Coliseum. The Coliseum. The Coliseum. Is it near the Greenville Coliseum? <laughs> no, nowhere near. Oh, okay. Nowhere near. It's, it's on Haywood Road if you're in the upstate South Carolina region. How many barking dogs are there on any given week? Ooh, it's it's packed inside. Actually, I always try to sit outside to have a nice little viewing area out there, but it is packed inside. Yeah. It is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I'm new to the area, so it was it was very crucial that I found a Browns backers bar when I moved here. So I got lucky. Well, there yeah. you go. Interesting story about Browns backers, but uh I, I was at the President's Summit the Browns hosted uh in August and actually met 
a Browns backers chapter from Iceland. What? <laughs> so they go as far as Iceland. They have some in Australia too, but Iceland was was pretty pretty insane. Like if I would have picked one country that wouldn't have a Browns backers bar, it would be Iceland. I well, we are the world's team. That's right. <laughs> Even in Iceland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Proof positive right there. World's team. There you go. Well, guys, this has been fun. Before we leave, though, Casey, give us um, uh, one more plug. Where can uh, the listeners find you on Twitter? You can find me at Casey underscore Kenneman. That's like cinnamon with a K. And you can find uh, me at Dog Pound Daily, me and a ton of other writers, always churning out content constantly, trying to keep all the fans up to date on everything that's happened with our Cleveland Browns. And, and Mikey P, where can the listeners find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Mikey P422. Add me, follow. I always follow back. So if you follow me, I will definitely make sure I follow back. And uh, let's talk some Browns on Twitter too. Let's do it. You can find me at Browns Huddle. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Browns Huddle Pod. While you're uh, listening to this podcast on your phone, if you will, just look at your phone and hit the follow button. It, it helps us so much um, as far as people being able to find this podcast. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review. Guys, thanks so much. Mikey, as always, man, it's it's really a pleasure to do season two with you. And Casey, I, I always um, thank you so much for, for being a supporter of this podcast and, and weekly you know, not every week, but most weeks you, you have, you give us questions, you, you make us think about it and, and you provide some good content. So thank you, Casey. I appreciate it, man. Hey, anytime, anytime, man. It's always a pleasure. Well, I always like to end a podcast with one, two, three, go Browns. So one, two, three, go Go Browns. Browns.